yo, yo, it's your girl and boy CT. I'm Cindy Barnes. And I'm Travis Barnes. And we are the founders of the Overcomers Podcast. The Overcomers Podcast is designed to help you overcome adversity and live your dreams. Every week, we will be sharing stories of people who found their strength in their struggle. The Overcomers Podcast is sponsored by Journey 333. And that's a lot of threes, so let me tell you what it is. It's fitness, coaching, and nutrition. It is a place where we help you to look better, live better, and feel better, and it is mind, body, spirit. Today, we're going to help you get your mind right with our special guest. Hello, Overcomer Nation. Wow, do I have a topic for you today. Let me ask you this. How would you like to be happy? (laughs) Everybody wants to be happy, but nobody knows how to get there. Well, today, I have a guest on our show that's going to tell you how. In fact, her methods are being taught in 70 different universities around the world. And uh, it's called the 10 Minute Mind. It's her eight week online course that you could also take too. So we'll get to that part in the show. Um, She has the happiness baseline that has 100% success rate and raising the mental wellness for every student who has completed it. And so I want you to meet our special guest, Monique Rhodes. Welcome to the show. Travis, thanks for having me. I'm super excited to be here with you. I'm super excited to have you here. This is one of my favorite topics I've read books and taken courses over the years, uh, Delivering Happiness by Tony Shea. I just bought it because of the title and I like what they did in their business. And, you know, I'm a life coach as well, but this is something I'm constantly studying. Like, how do I, you know, improve my mindset and live a happier life? So let me ask you this, Monique, how did this become your passion and purpose? Mm, It's a great question. Well, for me, you know, we always end up teaching the things that we've had to learn ourselves often. And I was a a young kid. I grew up in New Zealand, which is one of the most amazing places to grow up. But uh, yeah, I, I didn't have the easiest childhood. And I think probably by the time I was in my early teens, Travis, I was depressed. I was struggling. And by the age of 19, things kind of hit a crisis point. And, you know, my emotions were out of control. Uh, I felt a lot of stress, anxiety, and depression most of the time. And I ended up in hospital having tried to take my own life. And I remember in that hospital bed, like, just really asking myself such an important question, which was, why is it that I am struggling? so badly. Everybody else seems to be okay. Why am I having such a a difficult time? And was it something that I would have to live with for the rest of my life? This depression, this anxiety, this overwhelm, or was it something that was movable? And if it was movable, could I find the keys to being able to shift it and move it? And that led me onto a, a journey where I traveled all over the world. For 13 years, I lived out of a bag. I traveled all over the world looking at different ways that people live, different philosophies, different lifestyles to see what I could bring in to change my own uh, my own life. And I'm, I'm really grateful, Tony, to say that I completely turned my life around. It was a long process, but I make that into a kind of shorter process for the people I work with and teach them what I had to go and travel all over the world to discover how to shift myself out of this depression and the stress and anxiety and shift myself into a really happy life where I wake up every day, like excited about the day, which I do. Wow. So instead of having to travel the world for 13 years in a, with just a bag, <laughs> they can take an eight week <laughs> course instead, right? That's it. Exactly. 
you know, I'm, I'm so grateful to have you on this show. And thank you for sharing what you just shared about, you know, where you come from. Because uh, somebody shared with me the other day, they said, you know, what you should really be doing in life is what makes you the most angry. Like, that's your purpose. Like, you know, what, what fires you up? And I'm like, you know, what fires me up is that there's too many depressed kids in this world. And, you know, too many people without answers for their depression and, and too many kids taking their own lives, you know, I mean, because they're just so darn depressed. And so I'm glad that that is your background, that you were this kid and that, you know, you were so depressed that you almost took your own life. And then your response to it is my favorite part. You know, you're like, how do I change this about myself? And, and that there is a way. Uh, so tell us a little bit about, you know, what you've learned and, uh, you know, share with us some of that wisdom that you, you gained from that journey, if you would. I think the biggest thing that I realized, Travis, is that we live in a world that is constantly looking to our external circumstances to be happier. And it's logical. We're sold that all the time. You know, we watch TV shows that say, you know, if you meet the right person or you're wealthy or have the big house or the good job, that you'll be loved and from that you'll be happy. And so we're always looking for things to bring the happiness to us. And on some level it works, like it works momentarily. You know, we meet someone, we're like, oh, I'm so happy now I've met this person. But six months down the track, we start to see the cracks in that person. Or we get a new job and we're like, ah, oh, this job is the answer to everything. And maybe a year in, you know, some problems begin. Or we get a pay rise and we think, ah, oh, as soon as I'm earning more money, I'm going to feel better. But then more bills come. And so what we start to see is that there's two things here. One is as soon as happiness. As soon as I have this thing, I'll be happy, right? And the other thing is, is that that kind of experience isn't reliable. You meet this gorgeous woman, you're like, ah, oh, she's the best, but it's depending on whether she stays nice to me or, you know, she doesn't have any problems. My happiness is hanging on that. My happiness is hanging on whether my boss at my new job you know, is giving me work that I'm really excited about and that I don't have a problem with a workmate. So what I began to understand was that if we're consistently giving the power of our happiness over to external circumstances, we can never truly know whether we can be happy because it's all dependent on what's happening outside of us. And the biggest thing that I learned was that actually happiness wasn't, if we want a consistent happiness, it wasn't dependent on our external circumstances. It was actually dependent on what was happening in our mind. And if we can learn to work with our own mind, if we can learn to shift and change what's happening in our mind, then we can have a happiness that no girlfriend, no boss can take away from us. Like something that we can master for ourselves that can stay consistent which is why I can wake up every day excited about the day and feeling really well because that ability is there. Oh, that's so good. That's so good. I, I heard a quote and it stuck with me. I haven't embodied it yet, but I get it. And I think it's what you're saying, that there is no way to happiness. Happiness is the way, right? That, it, you know, like the idea is, you know, we, we want as soon as you said, as soon as I get this, you know, so that's like, trying to say that there is a way to happiness and it's going to happen as soon as right but 
uh, that's just not the way that we want to be happy. You're saying it's an internal thing. It's a, uh, you know, a mind, a mental shift, if you will. Um, how, how do we do that? Like, how do you address the mental shift? So then that way you can live in a state of happiness instead of waiting for as soon as, uh, you know, trying to. Yeah. Yeah. So what I believe is this, Travis, is that we believe that we are in control of ourselves. We believe that we're in control of our lives and that we're making a series of choices on a day-to-day level. But the truth is, is that we're really just creatures of habit. We go towards what feels good and we move away from things that don't feel good. And we learn this over the course of our lives. I move away from things that don't feel good. I go towards things that do feel good. And this is, we end up getting entrenched in these habits. In the Happiness Baseline, which is my eight-week online course, I teach shifts in habitual behaviors. So we start to become aware of what are things that really do have an effect on my happiness, And there's science to prove every single area that we look at, but we look at areas like our social relationships, gratitude practices, self-compassion with lots of people go, I don't even know what self-compassion is. We look at the words that we use with ourselves. We look at maturing our relationship with technology. There's a, a series of things that have been proved to have a big effect on our happiness, but we have an unhealthy relationship with most of them that is based on our habits. So the first thing is, is to bring consciousness to that, to start to look and see, why do I do this the way I do it? And if I can take you through a process of shifting your habits up around some certain things, what you're going to automatically see is your happiness levels start to change, which is why 100% of people that do this course and complete it end up with their happiness levels shifted. And that's it. And the thing is this, Travis, is that for a lot of us, we don't really know what's good for us. Or we know what's good for us. We think we know what's good for us. And we don't put it into practice because it's too difficult. You know, it's too overwhelming. It's too big. So it's really important for us to explore this, look at this, and start to shift some of these things very gently and incrementally, only in about 15 minutes a day. That's all we have to do so that we start to build new habits that start to shift the way that we feel about ourselves and about our lives. Well, I like that. Shifts in habitual behaviors. Uh, I want to talk about a few of the things you said. Yeah, that is, uh, I guess that principle that you're talking about, either moving towards, you know, what feels good or away from what feels bad, you know, are you just operating your life on a pain pleasure principle? Like, oh, this feels good, so I'll do it. This feels bad, so I won't do it. Because, um, you know, if we do what's easy, you know, life will be hard. But if we do what is hard, life will be easy, right? You know, so like, we don't always want to just move away from what feels bad because, hey, let's face it, I'm a franchisor of a gym. Working out feels bad, but you should do it, right? You know, so like moving into those habitual behaviors that'll make you happy. And also you talked about addressing social relationships, right? Like there's a way to probably set boundaries in those relationships. There's a way to get the most out of your relationships, maybe to be the most present in your relationships. Um, You also talked about maturing 
the relationship with technology. I thought, wow, that's really good. Maturing. That's what we need to do. Maturing instead of having the technology. <laughs> we're slaves to technology, but technology is supposed to serve us, you know? So um, let's talk about some of, if you don't mind, um, you know, people that, you, this must be what inspires you and keeps you going. Uh, much like myself, I'm a coach. And if I see somebody lose 20 pounds or 50 pounds or 100 pounds, I'm like, man, this is why I do what I do. You know, they're healthier, they're happier. They're going to add years to their life and life to their years. What are some of the results that you've seen from people doing your program? Like, you know, how has it affected their relationships or their technology relationship or whatever that just has changed their life? I think one of the biggest things is that people start to experience a, a confidence in themselves that no one can take away. And I think that that's a real game changer for a lot of people because you've got to understand, Travis, we live in a world that everybody's telling us we're not enough, okay? We, we have a whole economy that runs on it. You're not enough, so you need to buy this car. You're not enough, so you need to use this beauty product. You need to be this or that, right? So when we start to look at shifting our happiness levels, we feel this confidence in ourselves because we, we wake up in the morning, it doesn't matter if our husband or wife is a dick to us, right? It's like we realize I get to hold responsibility for myself and let them be them and still be happy no matter what happens. doesn't matter if I go to work and my boss is annoyed with me. I can deal with it. So there's this confidence that comes. And also with that is this peace that comes, like this, this stress and anxiety that starts to resolve itself, something that most of us are, are really struggling with. And when that confidence begins to come, of course, depression starts to ease off immediately. And that's something that I deal with. I deal with people, a lot of people who are suffering from crippling depression, that we're able through a series of habits to start to shift again, because they're scientifically proved. But I think that you say something interesting because you say, I'm a gym owner, and if everyone just did what was easy, we would, we would find ourselves in trouble, right? But if we understand this idea of we always move away from pain, then what we need to look at is how do I create the pain of going to the gym as less than the pain of being obese, dying, feeling mentally unwell, right? So it's a reframe of how do I, I call it choose a plan, Travis. How do I, yeah, choose a plan. Like people always think I'm incredibly self-disciplined and I'm not, I'm just choose a plan. Like I get really clear about, I've got two choices, all right? I went when I when I went to my uh, my exercise class this morning. That almost kills me. All right, there's no doubt about it. almost. She almost kills me. My train of road. All right, and we're all there. We're dying, and there's nothing that feels good about it. It's like please let the hour be up. <laughs> but afterwards, I feel so freaking good. Okay, I know I'm one step closer to my physical goals because my goal is. I, I'm I'm taking tennis lessons again, and I want to get really fit so I can be better at my tennis game. And so the pain of doing that class is smaller than the pain of holding extra weight, 
of not feeling good in my body, of the mental wellness effects of not exercising. So I often look at it like that, you know, really looking at if something's painful, we have to reframe why we really want it. So the pain of not doing it is bigger than the pain of doing it. That's really good. That's really good. You know, you mentioned crippling depression, and uh, that really interests me. Um, you know, I have a loved one that's close to me that that suffers from depression, and you know, it's it's always tough. And I'm sure that we have listeners that can relate to this. Um, it's always tough when there's somebody that's suffering that's close to you from depression, and it's like this it's this illness that you can't do anything about. Like I can't run to the store and get an antibiotic and say, oh, take this and you'll be better. You know, I, I can't say take this happy pill and you'll now be happy. Um, you know, how much of, you know, helping people to shift from depression, crippling depression to happiness has to do with letting go of things. You know, how much stuff do they have to set down or, or is it, is it about more so about changing perspective or is it about letting go or, or like, what do you think are some of the biggest keys to helping someone move from crippling depression into, you know, normal happiness, uh, regular happiness? Yeah. So it's a really great question. It's an important one. I think that one of the first things that we have to address is that depression levels have gone through the roof. And we have to say to ourselves, if something's changing, what is the difference? Why is it that pre-pandemic, the World Health Organization said that depression will be the biggest health risk to humans, surpassing obesity by 2030. I have a suspicion that it might be hitting us before 2030. So Travis, if I was to say this to you, we've got an obesity crisis and you look at what what has changed that has led to it? What would you say that has, what are the factors that have caused people to hold weight like in, in, in so much worse than ever in human history? What is it? Absolutely. You know, like I'll just say this to answer your question that every exercise program or every good coach does pretty much the same thing. They help people to move more and eat better. And exactly. what society has done is help people to, ultimately move less and eat worse, right? So what we've had is a lot more packaged, uh, high sugar, high salt options on our shelves. And meanwhile, we've moved people into places of being more sedentary. So we've moved less and we've ate worse, you know? That's uh, it. That's exactly it. So what we see, uh, we see this shift worldwide in obesity, and we can look and we can see, well, something changed in our world, okay? People started making all this convenient, fast, faster food, packaged food, processed food. We're sitting around, we're moving less, we're less encouraged. Now, it's the same thing with depression. We look at depression and we can see a number of factors. One is that people are eating worse. People are moving less. People are getting out into nature less, which uh, the same with those two things is scientifically been proved to shift. But also there's something else 
we are if if we say that the mind is the ordering principle of our happiness and by that i mean it's decided in our minds with whatever's going on in our minds whether we're happy or not we have to look at what we're doing to our minds in the same way as you would have to look at what people are doing to their bodies and 20 years ago no not even but 14 years ago we gained access to a little device that we could hold in our hands where we are inundated with packaged fast food mm -hmm. at an astronomical rate packaged fast food for our mind mm -hmm. and we wonder why people are stressed and anxious when I've got emails coming through on my phone all day and night. My boss expects me to be available. I never get downtime anymore. My friends expect me to answer quickly. I've got news coming in. I've got to keep up on TikTok, Facebook, Instagram. And this little device is overwhelming us with information. Information that most of us don't even need 99% of it doesn't make our, our lives any better, but we are inundated with this information. So if I was to say to you, gosh, Travis, you've got someone who is really obese and you knew that they were just piling food into their guts and, you know, not exercising. If I look at someone who's suffering from depression I will see a number of things in every single person. Now, I'm not going to minimize depression. I'm not going to say that for some people, there are deeper issues. But when I look at people's relationship with technology, I look at their social connections and their social relationships. I look at how much are you putting into your mind and when are you cleaning out your mind, which is never happening we start to get some pretty quick progress on beginning to shift those happiness levels because it's like a car. If I keep piling stuff, you know, bad, bad gas into a car, eventually the car's going to stop running. And it's the same with our minds and it's the same with our bodies. So we have a tendency to be more aware of that association with, I need to look after my body you know, we may not do it, but we do understand if I keep piling food in and I don't work out and I don't exercise, my body and I are not going to be friends, right? But we don't seem to make the same correlation with our minds. You know, we're, we've become better at putting good food into our, into our bodies. And we do a whole bunch of things, Travis, like we look after our homes and we keep everything clean and tidy because we know it feels good. We, we wash our bodies, we brush our teeth. But when was the last time anyone cleaned out their mind? We don't. We just keep filling our mind with all this stuff and wonder why we feel overwhelmed, stressed, anxious, and depression is on the rise. There is a change that has happened culturally for us. And the response to that change is that as a human species, we are mentally suffering due to it. Oh, wow. Monique, that is so good. I, I love it when you said we're inundated with packaged fast food for our mind. Like that is that is a really good visual. Um, you know, as you were talking, I was thinking about that. You were mentioning the boss and the friend that expects you to answer and all this kind of stuff. And being a busy entrepreneur, 
you know, I've even had that visual in my mind before. Like if everybody could just be in the same room, seeing themselves just grabbing at me like all at once and, you know, like, and I feel compelled, you know, like I'm trying to get it all done and you can never get it all done. So, so I need your program too. point being right, because I'm not good at creating those boundaries. You know, you, you mentioned a few important details because I had asked you, you know, what do you think is going on with this crippling depression? And the mindset is so connected to the health set, you know, the, the body, right? And you said, well, you know, of course, we're eating worse food. So that doesn't make us feel good in our mind. You know, we're moving less. That doesn't make us feel good. We're not getting out in nature. That doesn't make us feel good. And then, you know, you're inundated with packaged fast food for your mind. I mean, this is a bad combination of what's going on. And so in your, in your happiness course, um, you, you help people to uh, develop a choose-a-plan <laughs> or is it a discipline or, you know, how do you, how do you address that uh, to help people get better? Yeah, you know, like- it's really simple. We start each week and I, and I give you a little bit of a background on what we're teaching that week. And then I just give you some very simple exercises to do. And what happens is this, you do those exercises and you might be a little bit, I don't know about this. And all of a sudden, usually by the end of the first week, people are feeling, actually, I'm starting to feel better. Mm. And then we add a little something else. So it's a little bit like this. If I came to you, Travis, and I said, Travis, I really want to get myself into shape. You're not going to send me out for two hours a day to work out because you know that my body wouldn't be able to handle it. You would give me small things to do to shift and change to start to work my body, right? And I just do the same for your mind. I give you small daily exercises to work with. I explain to you why they're going to work. And just like if I was your client, suddenly I finish a class and I'm like, I feel really good. I feel, I'm starting to feel better. It's the same thing here. And all of a sudden people like, I love this. I get this. I want this. And, And that's how it works. So just as I would need to trust you and your process because you know it works. It will just come and trust me. I promise you it works. Well, I love your approach. I love your approach. You know, at Journey, people often ask me, you know, hey, what's the best diet that I can do? And I'll be like, well, you know, a lot of times keto wins for being the fastest weight loss diet. However, the only diet that works is the one that you can stick to. So let's talk about what you can stick to. And what you're doing in your program is you're giving people 15 minute digestible chunks that take them another step in this happiness journey. Yeah. And that's what we try to do at journey. You know, if somebody shows me what they're eating for a week, I'll say, okay, what's one thing that we can get rid of, right? You know, like that's very important or, or, you know, like let's plan your first workout. Let's not plan your hundredth, right? You know, let's, and in your first workout, let's not try to do what the people here that have been at this for a year are doing. Let's try to do what you can do, you know? And so that's very important. Um, I like that approach. That's very good. And so um, when people get involved in the program, uh, you know, what does that look like? Uh, like, what is the program? Is it, is it like a course that I can do on my own? Is it, uh, is, are there other people involved in the course that I connect with or, or how does that work? Yeah. So you come in and you watch the, you, you watch the stuff and you do your exercises on your own, but we have a, it's on, on a platform where you can interact with other people. But most importantly, it's on a platform where you can interact with me. So I know with lots of these courses, you know, particularly online courses, whoever has created the courses, well, 
you never, you know, they do the course and that's it. But for me to be there to answer questions, I read every single comment every day in the course. And you might have a question or you might need a little bit of encouragement. I'm always in there helping and guiding you uh, to make sure that it works. And, and we also do something a little bit differently, Travis, as well, is I, what I do, and I think you'll love this because you're a motivational guy. I, I understood that finishing a, an online course can be difficult. And I wanted people to get to the end of the course. So what I do is I get people at the beginning, instead of paying for the course, I get them to put down an accountability bond. And you put down your accountability bond, right? And as long as you complete the course in 10 weeks, it's an eight-week course, so we give you a little bit of leeway. As long as you complete it in 10 weeks, at the end of the 10 weeks, you write to my team, you say, I want my accountability bond back. No question. We can see that you've done the course. No questions asked. You get it back. We have a 92% completion rate on the course. That's why we have such amazing figures and why I have so many people who come and do a bunch of my courses because it works. And that's how we're able to see that 100% of our clients that complete the course end up. We, we test people at the beginning with the Penn State University Happiness Inventory, which is the standard test. We test you at the beginning. We test you at the end. We have a 100% success rate. And some of that is because people get there because they're like, oh, I want to do this. You know, like I, I want to be able to get my accountability bond back. So we're working as a team and I, I get you to the finish line. We see the changes. What more could you want? Wow, this is an interesting twist. Uh, you know, I did not know this, but I'm learning this. And so let me make sure that I understand. Instead of asking people to pay for the course, they do an accountability bond yep. that you give back to them if they complete Yes, that's it. That's it. How do you get paid for your course? I have a whole bunch of other courses that don't have this and people come and do it. What happens is a lot of people come and do this course. They love it. And then they come and do other work with me. Right. I don't want happiness, Travis, to be something that is uh, only for people that can afford it. I don't like that. I've never liked it. I, I want this work to be accessible to anyone. So I don't want people to have a struggle because they go, well, I can't afford, you know, a course for usually the courses like this are like thousands of dollars. Mm -hmm. I do a $500 accountability bond, put it down do the work, do the course, you'll be motivated to get to the finish line. And then if you like what you've learned with me, come do some other stuff with me. Well, safe to say that you've definitely earned people's business at that point. So that is awesome. Absolutely. Then they know for sure whether it works or not. Now in the universities, yeah, I want to talk about like a few, the three different ways that you're helping people besides some of the courses that we haven't even heard about today. But um, in the universities, you're teaching the 10 minute mind. And the 10-minute mind differs from the course that you're teaching. How is it different? You know, how is it different? Yeah, the 10-minute mind teaches you meditation. So yeah. for a lot of us, meditation is like, oh, my goodness, how do I do it? Or my mind's too busy. And I was that person as well. I found learning meditation difficult. So what I did was I've been studying meditation now for over 20 years. So I created this course called the 10 minute mind and we tested it at university college London, which is one of the top universities in the world. I wanted to see whether I could have an impact on someone's 
wellness in just 10 minutes of meditation a day. And so we took it to University College London. We trialed it there extensively and we had phenomenal results with the course. So in 10, it's 10 minutes every day. It's progressive. It's guided meditation. You don't have to figure anything out. Put your headphones on, have a listen, and I guide you through meditation. I believe that meditation is one of the most powerful skills that you can learn. But many of us are put off by it because we, we're afraid, oh, I'm, my mind's going to be too busy. But I teach you very simply. You know, Travis, learning meditation is a little bit like a bicep curl. It's like my mind goes off, I bring it back. My mind goes off, I bring it back. You're building a muscle of coming back to the present moment. If you can learn to do that, one of the first things you see is your stress and anxiety begins to diminish because our minds are so busy. They're all over the place. If I can teach you to come back to the present moment, even just for a few seconds in those 10 minutes every day, over time, this starts to train this muscle and you'll find you're more present in your whole life. Wow. That is the kind of bicep curls that I need, you know? Um, not that I couldn't have bigger biceps, but I feel like muscularly they're okay. But I will say this, I have to confess when it comes to meditation, I get such a busy mind, but I've never thought of it in a 10 minute chunk before. I've never thought, can I just meditate for 10 minutes? Like, wow, what a great place to start. Cause too often we think of meditation as, you know, just, uh, you know, maybe you're sitting for a half hour or an hour or whatever, you know, and, and it just seems overwhelming to somebody that has yeah. a busy mind. So I, I like your approach there the 10 minute mind. And if I'm not going to a university, it sounds like there might be a way for me to access this as yeah, well. Yeah, you can get it literally. You can go to the 10 minutemind.com or you can just come to my main website, monikroadscott.com and you can try it out there. So we do it for 10 days for free. You can try it for 10 days for free and see, do you like it? And I, I like people to do 30 days. Just I said, and listen, just do 30 days with me. 30 days and see how you go. And I've not had anybody who's not done. All right, I'm going to do this for 30 days, for 10 minutes. Every single person has come back and gone. Sometimes people don't see the shift in themselves, but I tell you what happens. Someone in their life does. Someone yeah. goes, huh, what are you doing? Like there's something different about you. And often when we're learning meditation, that's where we get the first feedback that we're starting to shift things is when someone else sees it. I'll never forget. I had my, um, my good, she's now my good friend, but she was my lawyer in New York and she started doing my program. And one month in, she, she went away for a weekend with some of her girlfriends and they were all like, whatever you're doing, we want it. And she was like, ha, huh, that is really interesting. I've been doing this program, but with one of my clients for a month. And they were like, She's like a full-on A-type driven, you know, boss kind of personality. And they were all like, it is making such a difference in you. She was so thrilled. She came back and she was like, oh, man, you're not going to believe it. Like my friends knew that I was doing something differently. And the only thing I've changed is I'm doing your program. So what did they notice about her? Did they notice more calm? Yes. Uh, yeah. Wow. She was, they noticed she was calmer. They noticed she was uh, happier in herself. Yeah. Wow. She was kind of letting things just kind of flow a lot more rather than being tight about them. She was just kind of rolling with life a lot more. 
Uh, I want that for me. I want that for me. Yeah, you know? come on, do yeah. it, Travis. <laughs> Everybody is like, uh, you know, I have a hard time shifting. Uh, you know, I'm always, you know, work, 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 but I don't want to be that way. You know, I want to, uh, you know, find my calm or, you know, the calm in the storm. Uh, the third thing I wanted to talk about, you have a podcast and it's uh, in your right mind. <laughs> Wouldn't we all like to be in our right mind? Sometimes we're out of our minds, you know. Um, what happens on that podcast that uh, people can go and listen to that's your podcast? Yeah, well, th that podcast is great. I started at the at the beginning of the pandemic. Do you remember those days, Travis, when we, well, I know for myself, I thought, this is going to go on for a couple of weeks, you know? And mm -hmm. I remember thinking, okay, over this time, I might just do this podcast every day over these couple of weeks. Everyone was stressing and freaking out. And uh, yeah, we've, we've now had a million downloads of that podcast, which is really awesome. And I do it every day. I love it. Uh, it's just little bite-sized pieces of wisdom. We just come in and kind of get your shot of, of, whatever a lot of my clients will write in with issues that they're having uh or something they're struggling with um yeah and i just i just it's just a chat and it's great people love it people who are my students just absolutely love it so yeah come and have a listen that's awesome well thank you for doing that and it sounds like if i'm in your course that that would be a good adjunct to the course right because i'm you know, people are writing in and you're kind of solving the problems with the show as well, you know, so yeah, maybe definitely. And also, if you're not in the course, it gives you a chance to, you know, get to get to see the way that I teach. So I think that's always helpful. That's awesome. Awesome. Well, what else haven't we covered as far as the what else would you like to share with the Overcomer Nation? Uh, let's just get you started, Travis. Let's get you into the happiness baseline, you know, see it's an obvious fit. <laughs> yeah. Oh, definitely. Definitely. You know, I, uh, I, like I shared with you off, off air before the show, you know, I am a student of happiness. I think that more people should experience it. It's why I wanted to have you on this show today. I don't think it should be so elusive to us. I don't think it should be something that we say, oh, as soon as I have this, I, I truly believe that it's not about the way to happiness. It's about having happiness be your way. And, and that is something that I think that you have the secrets to, you have a course for, and people should take your course. So without a doubt. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you very much for sharing so generously with our audience. So how can people get more of you? Let's talk about that. Where do they go to, uh, you know, where's the best place to go? Listen, I think the best place to go is we have this, we have this quiz. We can just see what your happiness levels are at. So that is at uh, howhappyami.com. Just come to howhappyami.com, do the quiz, start there let's see where you're at and then we can start you know seeing ways that i can help you be happier because that's all i want for you that's great how happy am i dot com i'd like to go there and find out just how happy i am exactly because we could always be a little bit more happy that is so good well thank you so much monique thank you for being on the show thank you for having me travis it's been such a pleasure 
Thanks for listening, Overcomer Nation. Make sure if you haven't already, give us a five-star rating. Make sure that you share this and subscribe so you can see all of our future content. That's right. And if you'd like to be a guest on a future show, go to overcomers-podcast.com. If you're interested in our franchise opportunities with Journey 333, then go to www.journeyfitness333.com. And finally, if you like what you heard today and you feel like you're somebody that needs a bit more coaching, go to travisbarnes.com. Yeah, I'm